Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Numbers. However, last time we finished Numbers, we read Numbers chapter 36. And now remember that the children of Israel, they are ready to come in now. This new generation is ready to come into the promised land and take possession of it. So now we are ready to actually read To begin, Deuteronomy, we're ready to read chapter 1, and we're going to start with a little review of what happened after the exodus from Egypt, okay? So that's how Deuteronomy starts. This is Deuteronomy chapter 1. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel while they were still beyond, that is, on the east side of the Jordan River in the wilderness across from Jerusalem, in the Arabah, the long deep valley running north and south from the eastern arm of the Red Sea, to go beyond the Dead Sea, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab, place of gold. I'm going to slaughter some of these pronunciations of the names. Just bear with me. We're going to do the best we can. It is only 11 days' journey from Horeb, Mount Sinai, by way of Mount Seir, to Kadesh Barnea on Canaan's border. Yet Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before crossing the border and entering Canaan, the Promised Land. In the fortieth year, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses spoke to the children of Israel in accordance with all that the Lord had commanded him to say to them. After he had defeated Sihon the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth in Edrei, beyond east of the Jordan in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough on this mountain. Turn and resume your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah. In the hill country and in the lowland, the Shephelah in the Negev, south country, and on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Look, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore, solemnly promised to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them and to their descendants after them. I spoke to you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear the burden of you alone. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and look, today you are as numerous as the stars of heaven. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, add to you a thousand times as many as you are, and bless you, just as he has promised you. How can I alone bear the weight and pressure and burden of you and your strife, contention, and complaining. 
Choose for yourselves wise, understanding, experienced, and respected men from your tribes, and I will appoint them as heads, leaders, over you. And you answered me, The thing which you have said to do is good. So I took the leaders of your tribes, wise and experienced men, and made them leaders over you, commanders of thousands and hundreds and fifties, and tens, and officers, administrators, for your tribes. Then I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear the matters between your brothers, your fellow countrymen, and judge righteously and fairly between a man and his brother, or the stranger, resident alien, foreigner, who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear and pay attention to the cases of the least important as well as the great. You shall not fear man, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you to judge, you shall bring to me, and I will hear it. I commanded you at that time regarding all the things that you should do. Then we set out from Horeb, Sinai, and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God commanded us, and we went to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, You have come to the hill country of the Amorites which the Lord our God is about to give us. Behold, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and take possession of it just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has spoken to you, do not fear or be dismayed. Then all of you approached me and said, Let us send men into the land before us, so that they may explore and search the area for us, and bring back to us word regarding the way we should go and the cities we should enter. The plan pleased me, and I took twelve of your men, one man from each tribe. They turned and went up into the hill country, and came to the valley of Eshol, and spied it out. Then they took some of the fruit of the land in their hands, and brought it down to us. And they reported back to us and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God is about to give us. Yet you were not willing to go up to take possession of it, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You murmured and were ill-tempered, discontented in your tents, and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us from the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers, spies, have made our hearts melt in fear and demoralized us by saying, The people are bigger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified all the way up to heaven. And besides, we saw the giant-like sons of the Anakim there. Then I said to you, Do not be shocked, nor fear them. The Lord your God who goes before you will fight for you himself just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. And the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried 
and protected you, just as a man carries his son, all along the way which you traveled until you arrived at this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not trust, that is, confidently rely on and believe, the Lord your God, who went before you along the way in fire by night and in a cloud by day to seek a place for you to make camp and to show you the way in which you should go. And the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry and took an oath, saying, None of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore, solemnly promised to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land on which he has walked, because he has followed the Lord completely and remained true to him. The Lord was angry with me also because of you, saying, Not even you shall enter Canaan. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter there. Encourage and strengthen him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones whom you said would become prey, and your sons who today have no knowledge of good or evil, shall enter Canaan, and I will give it to them, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn around and set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea, Sea of Reeds. Then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight just as the Lord our God has commanded us. So you equipped every man with weapons of war and regarded it as easy to go up into the hill country. But the Lord said to me, Say to them, Do not go up and do not fight, for I am not among you because of your rebellion. Otherwise, you will be badly defeated by your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went up into the hill country. Then the Amorites who lived in that hill country came out against you and chased you as bees do and struck you down in Seir as far as Horma. And you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor pay attention to you. So you stayed in Kadesh many days you stayed there. Now that is how Deuteronomy number 1 ends. Now we have to remember, Moses is speaking, the Lord is speaking through Moses, of course, to the children of Israel. This is a new generation. It's been 40 years since these events. Now I don't know about you, but I'm kind of an old dude. And 40 years ago, I lived through that and I know what happened. A lot of these people that he's speaking to would have been very young. They wouldn't remember all those things. But I was old enough, I remember a lot of things from 40 years ago, and so did Moses, and so did Caleb, and um, Joshua. But the rest of these people were all very young at that time, and some of them would have no memory of these things. And I don't know about your experience, my experience is sometimes I hear young people being taught things that are just not accurate. I hear occasionally people make 
comments about the 70s or 80s that aren't accurate and and I have to you know just just to, so that they will know the truth I have to just kind of say well that's not exactly right because that's not you know what was going on or what was happening at that time you know I've had that happen a few times not a lot but even over just the course of 40 years memories of things are not as clear to those who did not actually experience it and did not go through it so this is a review to remind them of all that came before and why they are where they are. You'll notice he reminds them that basically their parents, okay, that's what he's really saying, the generation before them rebelled and did not trust and believe in God. So that's the reason they went through the wilderness, and that's why those people, if you, if you realize they didn't trust and believe in God, even though he was telling them he was going to give them this place and that it was going to be theirs and not to fear and not to worry, he would go before them just like he's been doing all the times before. He's been going in front of them all, all, all that journey to get them to the promised land, to get them to Canaan. And yet they did much like, if you think about it, much like Adam and Eve, and they didn't believe God over their fear or over their other emotions or whatever you want to call it. They were tempted to fear. And notice it says their heart melted. That's because the report that these people brought back, for the most part, was very scary to them. Now, it's one thing to come back and just give the facts. I mean, the fact is, these are strong, mighty people, but the Lord is stronger. You know, given the facts, like if you look at Caleb and Joshua, they were like, sure, yeah, this is a great land and these people are, are, are a great people, but God will give us this land just as he's promised. That's what both of them were saying, if you remember back in the text. But the people through their fear did not believe the good report of just those two. And instead they believed the negative report and then, after they saw that the Lord was angry with them and that they were wrong, and, and he had already told them, don't do it now, let's, let's move away and not go, then they decided to try and do it, and they ended up, you know, getting attacked because now, and losing because the Lord wasn't with them then. So there's quite a few lessons that you can learn here. You can look at where Moses is saying, you know, I was not able to bear the burden of caring for everyone and hearing all the uh, cases and contentions that were brought to me. You remember that uh, Jethro, his father-in-law, came and advised him, and I, I believe this was, of course, from God, advised Moses to, hey, you can't do all this yourself. You need to pick some other people from the tribes that can help you handle all these cases and contentions. Because anytime you have large groups of people, you're going to have matters that come up that need to be judged and taken care of. You'll see that in our, we have like small claims courts and things like that. And that's, that's normal. And basically that's kind of what Moses ended up arranging was levels or a hierarchy of courts. And he was at the top. If they absolutely couldn't resolve a case, then it would come up to him, and he would take it to the Lord. Otherwise, they would handle those cases and those disputes 
at the lower levels, and similar to what we have today. And you'll notice that going along with this idea of setting up these judges and these courts to hear these cases, he was also telling them that they should not show partiality to poor or less important or rich or great. And they should not also um, hold it against a stranger or a foreigner who was with them or a resident alien, as they said, um, that they should show no partiality but be fair between all of the people. So that was something else they were taught. And that's the way our court system is supposed to be, and that's what we're supposed to try to do ourselves, is not show partiality or any regard to whether we think someone is rich or powerful or poor and not powerful, or if they're a stranger, you know, kind of an alien, we should treat everyone equally and fairly. And that's the goal of the court system. Even today, that is our goal of our court system, regardless of all the things we find wrong with our systems. Sometimes sometimes our systems have flaws, have problems, they're man-made. We need to correct those things. But even then, our goal is to have this unpartial legal fairness. That's our goal. So we need to keep that in mind as we, you know, as we go through these things and we see that our systems have some issues. Maybe uh, I know our government has some issues and flaws. As we try to fix those things, you know, we need to keep this in mind that we want to make sure that we're being fair and equal to everyone. So it's important that we do that. And then, of course, there was the rebellion, right? The the Lord had brought them there to Canaan. They were ready to enter the land. And as we spoke about a few moments ago, they were afraid of the inhabitants, and they let their fear get the better of them. They did not trust and believe in the Lord. They chose to believe the, the bad report from these men over the Word of God. And that's very similar to what happened with Adam and Eve, as I said before. They chose to believe someone else other than God, and that's what they did here. Again, they chose to believe the bad reports over what God was telling them that he would give them this land. So that's an important thing to notice and to realize. It's almost like when you're not believing God, it's almost like you're calling him a liar because you're saying, no, that's not right. And yet everything God says and God promises is true. So that's a problem, and that's why that is that is a sin. That is a sin of a, a lack of belief and faith. And it's important that we and and we're gonna we're gonna be flawed, we're gonna make mistakes. That's understandable. We're not perfect either. These people are always a good example to relate to us. They we make the same mistakes that they made. We do this. We're, we are not perfect. We make the same mistakes. We get stubborn sometimes. We think we want to do it our way and have our way. And that's actually pretty normal for people. So we just have to realize when we're doing that or when we've done that and repent and go back to God and, and get that forgiveness and move forward. So that is Deuteronomy chapter 1. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.